The following episode is a rebroadcast of our original YouTube podcast series. If you like what you hear, stay tuned for new episodes coming in 2021 with a new format and special guest interviews and much more behind-the-scenes info, along with paranormal news and updates of our research and investigations. And, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this rebroadcasted episode of the CAPS Podcast, and hope you will like, subscribe, and share our upcoming episodes of Whispers from the Dark. Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. How long is it? Half hour to an hour. Oh, oh my god. This is going to crack my jaw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, ready? Here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cryptids, Anomalies, and the Paranormal Society. I am your host, Barnaby, tonight, joined by my mom. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've been better. Yeah. You've been, you've been off work for this whole uh, corona thing, huh? Yeah, at least 10 days. Forced. Forest, yeah. Got another, I got another two weeks at least. Not more. Mm. That sucks. I still think I got to go back to work tomorrow, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that fake or real? Anyway. <laughs> um, normal. That's normal. Yeah, that's pretty much normal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, ugh, my chair keeps rolling away. My floor isn't level. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is your uh, first time on the podcast? Yep. Yep. And uh, so, I thought that tonight uh, we could just kind of get to know you better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first investigation, well, <clears throat> let's go back and... Um, You've, you, uh, you were with CAPS since we started this, pretty much since the first, uh, official Burlington investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. second one. Well, the first official one, because you, yeah. the first one with me and Derek wasn't really CAPS yet, it was just, <clears throat> Derek, are you bored? Let's go on a road trip. Oh man, I just knocked a bunch of stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my first investigation of it ever, but it was. Yep, that's what I was getting at. <clears throat> you, uh, you started with me and Derek working at uh, the Misery Haunted House. Yes. Um, and we did a did several investigations out there. Was yeah. was that your first experience with investigating? I guess knowing what I was doing. 
<laughs> I mean, I had a brother who liked to dabble, and, uh, you know, but he didn't uh, include me too much, but I did hear about his escapades. Hmm. So there was always a lot of, you know, stuff going on. Hmm. A little weed board. <laughs> a lot of Ouija board for him, but, you know, we did have a Ouija board when we were younger. So you've actually played with one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never really had it do anything, but tried. So, all right, so that's that's going way back to that stuff. <clears throat> so what were your experiences then growing up with that kind of the paranormal and such? Not a lot of experiences, just, uh, you know, we tried and it never really did anything. I mean, you know, the other kids would push the thing in a certain direction and they'd want it to go and, you know, it was, you know, nothing really... So you, reliable or whatever, you know, nothing really true. But my brother did have experiences with it. But he he had moved to California and he found a little old lady that liked to play with the Ouija board, and they had a lot of strange experiences. But he didn't talk about it a lot. But we did watch him one night when we went out there on vacation and watched them. They were out on the patio, so we couldn't hear them, and we had the patio door closed in between and. Watched them, and, you know, it was interesting, but, you know, I don't really know what they were talking about, but <laughs> they, they did that a lot. <laughs> so, so going forward, then, what would you say your first uh, experience would have been? I don't know. I, a real experience where I kind of understood Maybe what was going on was after Ma died. But otherwise, before that, you know, there probably was other... Well, no, there was creepy things in the garage. and. Oh, know, yeah. Let's and talk about my that. Dog and, um, tore down the old garage that had been built probably around 1900. Mm -hmm. And um, after it was torn down, built a new one up, or had somebody build it. And after that, my dog wouldn't go in it. You know, I went out there when it was new, took pictures in there. Things showed up on the pictures, like uh, smoke that wasn't there, and and then the faces in the smoke that were kind of weird. I had double exposure pictures that were like one room downstairs, one room upstairs, you know, had nothing to do with each other, you know, and... Um, I don't know, there was just an orbs, you know, but orbs could be dirt because there was, I mean, even though it was a new building, you know, there was still dirt out there. Dust settling from construction and stuff, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, just, like, just, so to explain but more on... Would, huh? <laughs> I said to explain more on that, like, uh, right after the garage was built, you went out there and, and that was a film camera, not a digital. Yes. Yeah, actual yep. So pictures. you have negatives of these, the the actual film negatives. Yep. And they're not like something that happened in uh, editing or um, in printing or anything. They actually show up on the negatives, and you can take. Yep. Uh, I think those were from up in the balcony, right? The yeah. missed ones. Yeah. yeah. 
So there's a series of pictures. In the back room too, which you know, that's downstairs. Mm -hmm. So how that picture happened, I don't know. But that's still more. That's still more um, in that same area where the old garage used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know where the other the dog used to go into the old garage, but he just he would not go. He will not step over the threshold into the new garage. You know, and they say dogs have, uh, you know, like, a sense about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He just would never go in there. So, yeah, you were taking pictures off the balcony. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And, like, the first picture is clear, fine, everything. And then the next one has this, like, misty fog cloud in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it fills almost the whole picture, I believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there's, I, I can find like three faces in there. Most other people can see two of them. Isn't there like a, like a lion's face or something, wasn't there? What looks yeah, like Yeah, one kind of is, or like a guy with a mustache, and then there's like a skull, and then there's another one that's kind of just fuzzy. I don't, I don't remember what that one actually looked like, but yeah, yeah. There, there's some weird faces in there. That's one place that we were supposed to investigate that we haven't yet. Yep. Hmm. Too much stuff out there right now. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and then when we used to do uh, pro wrestling out there in the garage, we used to have the radio turn on for no reason, too. Yeah, and you were out there one night and the door flew open on you. When the door is, you know, got a latch on it... It's, it can't stay shut. Oh, yeah, the garage, the big door. Yeah, the big yeah, door. Yeah, that's right. The 10-foot ten, ten door. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't stay down unless you push the lever over, you know, So and you said it opened up. I've been out there, and the other door opens, you know, but the little door, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't go out there too much after dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <clears throat> That should be uh, put on our to-do list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we did. We did investigate your house, though. Yeah. Right after we got the ovulus. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, you and Derek did investigate it, too. Oh, yeah. Back when. Yeah. I don't remember too much coming from that. You didn't like the front room. Or Derek didn't like the front room. Oh, I never liked that room to begin with in the basement. Mm, well. Yeah. yeah. That room was always creepy. <laughs> <laughs> this whole house is creepy. <laughs> yeah, so when exactly was that whole house built? It's either 1903 or 1905. The records say different things, so nobody really knows. <laughs> and it was that... supposedly a, a flop house way back when. I'm not sure what that means, but that's what they say it was. And technically it was... Um, three apartments or, or like um, three not, they're not apartments because we can't figure out how it was divided up mm -hmm. but um, three family home or whatever you want to say um, the one room upstairs actually has the doorknob locked to the outside or to the inside so that someone is locked in the room not out of the room we never could figure that out, never changed the lock. The door doesn't shut tight now, so nobody can get locked in there. But, um, yeah, that's a little weird. 
So you could lock someone in the room from the outside, not the inside? Yes. <clears throat> Definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in that house, and, uh, you know, I lived several years in this weird house, so that's that probably explains a lot. Yeah. That was Graham's room, so, you know. <laughs> hmm. The door never did shut. None of the doors shut in this house, no. No. It all shut tight. You've added on to that house, um, the house itself, too. I what? You added on to the house itself, too. Oh, yeah, too. I, yeah, I've added on to the house, too. Do you ever have anything weird out there? Not really. <laughs> Not that you pay attention <laughs> to. There. No. <clears throat> it's a ticking that goes on out there. I don't know what that is. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's still to now. It, you know, just last week it was doing that, but... I figure that's just critters crawling up the walls or something. Hmm. So, all right. So you've, <clears throat> before any of this stuff happened, before we ever had misery in that, you used to read a lot of like John Edwards and Sylvia Brown and stuff. So what actually got you in interested in all that? Well, I used to watch the TV shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was, yeah, Sylvia Brown was always on with Montel. And then... John Edwards had his own shoe, a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, James Van Prague had his own show, and now he he does. Um, what does he do now? He does some specialized service now. He used to help with um, police and solving murders and stuff, and. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, and then John Edwards had a couple books out, so I got the got a hold of those and read them. And Sylvia Brown had one book that was um, she's got a lot of books, but she had one that was called Finding Your Spirit Guide, and I read that. Um, trying to think of if I read the other one, I don't know the name of it, but I know I read another one. Um, I don't know if they just, you know, interested me, but, you know, I, I tried to find my spirit guide, but it didn't work. And then uh, after my mom died, then I went back and read the, the uh, John Edwards one again and some more of his because it was um, how to tell, you know, if someone's really haunting you or not or, you know, whatever, because... Things happened after my mom died that um, I couldn't explain, you know, weird things in the house. You know, like there was knocking in the closet and, and um, you know, and they said that um, when people pass, it takes a couple months, you know, for them to actually get to a point where they can communicate back and, and um, supposedly. But, you know, there was this knocking in her closet, you know, and... Um, and it finally was driving me nuts because it was every night. And I finally told it to go away. It's okay if it's her, you know, just it's enough. You know, I get the idea and, you know, you're around and, and then it stopped. So <laughs> we had a whole discussion that night, you know, that was <laughs> get out of my closet pretty much, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Then I, let's see, 
well, that was lately when I got my ovulus and I took that around. I think that was Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got the ovulus out. And the first thing it said was September and David. And um, September was my mother's birthday. And David was my... uh, uh, one of my brothers, the first one to die, he died of leukemia back in 1985. And so I just thought, okay, it's Thanksgiving. They're both just saying hello or whatever. So then I kind of turned the ovulus off. And, but then I got it back out again, you know, and was walking around my house and it started saying, I don't even remember the words that it was saying, but they weren't happy words. And And I said, where are you? Um, and it said closet (laughs) and I, I'm like, okay, fine. You know, you want to, you know, I don't know. It was just, I can't remember the words that it was saying, but it was, it was not happy. It was sad. And, um, I can't remember the other word, but it wasn't happy. It was in my closet and it wasn't happy. And I just thought, okay, fine. I'm just going to leave you alone. And. And I put the ovulus away, and I don't think I've gotten it out since then, so. I don't want to know what's in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> the same closet Ma was in, so, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I read the books for information to see if it can explain things that happen around here and, you know, and other places. I used to work in a big big building that everybody said was haunted and you know a few weird things happened out there but you know at that time I didn't really know you know it didn't bother me I just you know (laughs) take note of it and you know try not to think too much about it that was a big creepy building yeah it was (laughs) 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 you never knew if somebody else was in there with you or not yeah yeah, there were some places in that place, like the the middle level of that thing I yep. never liked either, yeah. Yep. Yep. The hospital rooms or whatever, the... Yeah, when I walked around the corner towards the kitchen there and I found the gurney. Yep. That was yeah, kind of creepy. creepy. But that, that was a lot younger then. I mean, that was before I really started getting into any of the weird stuff. Yeah, you were only... <laughs> nowadays, then, nowadays, uh, I'd crawl all over that place. <laughs> well, yep. it's gone. It's tore down, gone. Can't go there. Yep. But did that's you ever go on the third floor? Uh, yeah. with all the booths, yeah, or the yeah. the viewing rooms, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you told me something happened up there, like a something. Yeah. Yeah, that one last room. I don't remember. We kind of did an investigation up there, didn't we? I don't yeah, I think up so. There showing you. Maybe I was just showing you around. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little weird out there, too. So, moving on to weird buildings. Uh, We had Misery Haunted House um, for three years. And while we were in that building, we had a lot of weird experiences and stuff. And we covered a lot of that, like, in the the episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I think there was some stuff that, like, got cut out of yours that didn't, you know, fit with everybody else's stuff. Well, thanks. Well, you know, there was... Hours and hours of. Uh, I spent video. a lot more time there. Yeah, I know. Most people, yeah. So, what was your uh, weirdest moment out there? 
I gotta go with my tree. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That um, was. I don't know. There was a lot of weird moments, you know. Just like all the time was weird out there. Um, I never liked it upstairs much, you know, alone. Mm-hmm. Well, alone at night. I was yeah. alone up there during the day. I was alone out there a lot of times. Um, I don't know. Did the, the the thing where you guys took off and left me, and I was building walls, and you know, and I kept plugging my drill in, and I'd walk over because it was a long way from where the plug was to where I was working, and I'd walk back over to where I was drilling, and the drill would be unplugged again and I wasn't pulling on the cord there was plenty of cord there and I'd have to go back and walk to the other end plug it back in come back out and I'd go to drill and and it'd be unplugged again and finally I just got mad and I said leave it alone I got things to do you know and and then you know and it's like fine okay but there was a lot of that just you know just um kind of playful annoying stuff yeah just annoying you know we just want to let you know we're here Mm-hmm. I did see shadows, you know, peeking out around corners and and things, and just just creepy feeling, you know, when you walk around that building. It was just mm-hmm. more feelings than it was actual things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, being touched, maybe, you know, where you feel like you're being poked or pushed. You know, I had a lot of that. The turkey. Yeah. Well, yeah. The turkey was yeah something else too. Yeah, it's not often that something would happen there that, first of all, more than one person would see or experience at the same time. Yeah. And two, something of the magnitude of it moving, uh, physically moving, audibly hearing it move, and, you know, that was probably one of the the more intense things that we all had experience out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, and there was no way... It, it was in a cage. It, it, you know, nobody was touching it or anything. It's not, you can't make the thing move within a cage the way it moved. Mm-hmm. Out to like lunge like that. To, yeah, it just lunged forward in the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. I forgot about him. <laughs> I try and forget about him. <laughs> now you still have that <laughs> turkey, don't you? <laughs> yes, he's out in my garage. <laughs> we should go visit him. We'll have to Get rid visit of the cage, but still have the turkey. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what happened to that cage. I don't know if it got junked when we left there or if it got bought. I think it got bought when the rest of the cage, not the cages, but the big crates. I don't know. I don't think bought. so. I want to say that thing went in the dumpster. I hope that it went in the dumpster. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that would have been you. You loaded the dumpster. Yeah. That was a very frostbitten day that day, so I don't know much about it. But. So, you you were into all the, um, like, Sylvia Brown, Crossing Over, John Edwards, all that stuff. So, at what point did you uh, start getting interested in more of the, the Bigfoot and that kind of stuff? Or did that all come about uh, kind of with the Hayden Adventure and um, Burlington? really interested was more Haydn mm-hmm. but then you know but I've thought about Bigfoot you know way back when when the Patterson film came out and, and but then then there was the hoax by the other guy you know that went out and made his footprints and, and everything was always just you know oh it's just a hoax you know but 
I don't know. I've always looked in the sky to see if there was something flying over and, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never really saw anything that I know of. Till lately. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Till after we really started looking. Yeah, it's, uh, I've heard um, that a lot, that the more you look, the more you see, because you're actually open to seeing it, or you're actually looking. Yeah. You know, something could be right outside your house now, but if you're not looking out there for it, you're never going to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just raccoons yeah. outside your house. Yeah, possums. Oh, and but ducks. i get up the other night again. You have a Over family of uh, mallard ducks living there, huh? Yeah, well, they were here during the day today. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I saw two males there that day than I was, so. Oh, no, there's a male and female out here this afternoon. Oh, well, the other day when you told me not to scare them, there was two males. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, well, when it gets closer to summer, there's sometimes eight of them out there. Ooh. So, yeah. I have ducks all the time. They know where the food is. So, um... Oh so, oh, so, what is your opinion on the uh, the Patterson film, then? I don't know. At the time, it was like, um, you know, nobody really thought it was real, you know. But, I don't know. I just read another, uh, I read an encyclopedia of Bigfoot by... Uh, Redfern? Mr. Redfern, yeah. Nick Redford. Yeah, and um, in there, there was another whole account of it, and um, and then how um, there were stories of this other guy who, uh, yeah, I don't want to misquote things, but he, he was known to be a hoaxer, mm-hmm. and he had admitted to knowing who was in the costume that day, and he admitted to um, telling the two guys that were out there filming. Um, and Patterson. Giving them suggestions as to where to look and what time of day and all this stuff. And then he set up the guy in the suit. Um, or was it? Yeah, it was a guy that was in the suit. Because first they said it was an off-duty policeman or something was said, hmm. and then, then then it was this other person who was in the suit, and, um, you know, but he took all the credit for the whole thing of, you know, putting the suggestion into those two guys that they should go out there and relive this, you know, adventure from a long time ago or whatever, and and go look in this certain area and at this time of day and... Um, you know, but otherwise, you know, to me it looks real, but, you know, what do I know? I don't think it looks like a suit, you know, but I don't know. And then the other experts say that, you know, they can see the muscular structure of the creature or whatever and and all this. So they say it's real. This guy says he set it all up. You know, maybe this guy was just looking for fame. I don't know. I don't know. But at the time, it was a big deal. So that was uh, 1967, right? Yeah. So how old yeah. were you when it came out? Did you actually ever see it when it first came out? I don't remember. I mean, I was only, let's see, 67. I would have been six years old. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I would have seen it, I really probably didn't know what it was. But through the years, I've seen it over and over mm-hmm. many times. Um, but I do remember, you know, the people making big feet and going in the woods and, you know, faking it and in the snow and, you know, making their own footprints and saying, oh, look, it's a Bigfoot, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that going on afterwards. But, I don't know. So do you think Bigfoot itself is real? In some form. <laughs> I'm not sure what form. You don't know what it is, but you believe it exists. Yeah, I believe people see it, hear it, feel it, smell it. Something. Now... The more I, okay, so the more I research this thing, the more I listen to accounts of it and, and read up on it and stuff, the more I would say that whatever was going on in Burlington was more and more likely to be whatever this is, Bigfoot or Anomaly yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever they want to call it, you know, whether it's Yeti or Yowie or Yenin or, you know, whatever name they want to call it. I don't believe that they're all the same. Yeah, you know? I would, I would bet you know, that like, too. They're not all like a, you know, like a grizzly bear is a grizzly bear, you know. But yet, that's been proven too. That well, there's different species of grizzly bear the too. There's, you know, yeah. Alaskan grizzlies. There's, you know, northern. Yeah. And there's uh, European grizzlies. You know, there's there's all the subspecies of that too. It's wherever they grew up. You know, mm-hmm. they each adapt a little bit different. Actually, in that encyclopedia, there was a, a thing on. Uh, grizzly bear polar bear yep that was around you know so mm-hmm. and everyone said that that wasn't possible huh everyone was saying that that wasn't possible that you couldn't breed a grizzly yeah. and a polar bear mm-hmm. yeah yep. yeah um yeah. but like can. i know you didn't you you said you heard a growl uh right off the main trail in burlington I heard growls when you guys were further ahead of me, and it was around the time of the whistling and the tree breaking and all that. I heard like two different growls or two different times. It was kind of the same what did growl, what did but... they sound like? Because the very first day that me, you, Michael, um, and Derek, and Michael's wife went in there, we only had the one camera. So we only have audio from my head. We don't have audio from back by you. Yep. And it was more back by me or back, okay, nobody else knows, but you know where the whistles were way across the way and then one up behind us. This growl came from like up behind us. On the top of that ridge. Up behind me. Yeah. You guys were way, let's say that's, I, I get my directions wrong there. But to me, that was, you guys were to the west, which is probably wrong. You guys no. were probably to the north, right? <laughs> I would say we were to the east. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See? The airport no, is to the west. I don't know which direction is which. Yeah. But, okay, so... The power lines the power lines run east to west, I believe. Yeah, I, I know that when I'm out of there. Oh, well, but yeah. When you're in the woods, I can't see the power lines, so I don't know. Mm. 
Okay, so, okay, let's just say you guys were in front of me. I was mm -hmm. facing you down mm -hmm. the path. Mm -hmm. Okay, this growl came from up back to my right. Yes, up on that yeah. ridge. Yeah. Up there, yes, wherever that was. And that's where I got the thermal image, too. Yes. Yep. All back in that area back towards the bridge. Not towards kind of. the bridge, up from no, the bridge. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. the hill from the bridge. Further ahead of the bridge. Where That's Mary said that she had her encounter too. Yeah, all yeah. that same area there, yep. yep. And then you guys heard the growl on the other end. But that's after we exited. Yeah, we had left the woods. We had left, gone up to the ridge under the power line, and we were up there for a while when Michael found that top trail. Then we walked that top yep. trail all the way in and back out, and then me, Michael, and Michael's wife uh, got that really deep growl. Yeah, and I was talking, so I didn't hear it. Yeah, and I want to try and get better audio um, editing stuff and see if I can clean that up more. But, so when you heard the growl, what did it sound like? It was just really deep, but not like any animal I've heard. Like, would you say it was like a guttural? Uh, yeah, just guttural vibration. Yeah. You know, just, I can't do it. But, yeah, no. no, 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 yeah, I get it, because that's what we heard, and that's yeah. what's on the tape, but the wind kind of blocks the beginning of it. Yeah. You have to know what you're listening for to hear it, because yeah. the wind comes in, and then it ends with the, like, a rumbling growl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I've, you know, we've we've gone all across the country, me and you, and, you know, me all the way out to, like, California and stuff to zoos and everything, and I've heard... You know, lions and tigers and elephants and all the animals, you know. And I've never heard a growl like that. No. Even, even like thunder, because a little bit later on we have thunder on that audio. Yeah. And the thunder is more of a, it's a deep, but it's not the reverberating sound. Mm -hmm. And there's airplanes out there, you know, but they all have a different sound. They're not, you know, that's three, and the train... You know, yeah. everything has its own sound. The train, the plane, the thunder, and then this growl. Yeah, it's and not, it, it, you not anything feel like. the growl. Yeah. Whereas the rest of it, you just hear. You hear the airplane, you hear the thunder, but the growl you felt. Yeah. Yeah, so like... It, it's kind of like when a lion roars, too. You know, if you're anywhere near a lion when it's roaring, mm -hmm. you can feel the vibration... But that's not the sound that this was. I mean, it's like that. Oh no, no, it wasn't a. It wasn't a tiger roar. It wasn't a roar. It was a growl. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. But we never saw anything, and now I have some more theories as to why that was. You know, like, you know, they can be up in the trees. They usually stay really close to the ground. A lot of people claim that they're like covered in moss and leaves and stuff, so that they can hide easier. Um, so there's a lot of different things that, you know, and they move really fast. Yeah. And at that time, uh, hmm, we didn't know all the little things they can do. We didn't know to look up in the trees. You yep. know, we learned that later. You know, we didn't know, um, that, well, they know the woods better than we do. Oh, yeah. You know, so they knew where to hide, where to be, where we can't see them, but they can see us. 
And we didn't know that was our first time being in those woods, so we never yeah. knew uh, places that they could be. Like the fact that uh, when we were watching it on the thermal, and I say, "Oh, it just disappeared." I don't think it disappeared. I think it went down in that valley, because mm -hmm. now that we've been in there with no leaves on the trees and everything this fall and winter, you can see that that dips way down into a valley up there on the other mm -hmm. side of that ridge. And I think whatever was standing there on the thermal just walked off into the valley. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now now that we know a lot more about it and, and have a lot more equipment and stuff, I'm pretty excited to go back in there this summer and, and see what we can find. Mm -hmm. um, I do, if I can find this real quick, I want to read you something that I found online... Uh, okay, so this was a post on one of the, the Bigfoot research pages, and um, it said, Anyone get chest pounding in the field? I think I had a Bigfoot chest pounding a few months back. It sounded like a drum. Mm -hmm. It kept on for a while, several minutes, until I pounded a shovel against a rock, and then it quit and started back up. The only story that I have read with a drum sound... And this is for, maybe you can look this up. Uh, a drum sound is from Lauren Coleman's book, Bigfoot. <laughs> With Fred Beck, Myron Smith, Roy Smith, Gabe Lefevre, and John Peterson were prospecting in 1918. They described hearing thundering, hollow thumping noise. And like a hollow drum in the earth somewhere and something hitting it. Uh, they ultimately had their cabin attacked in 1924 after shooting at a Bigfoot. I believe that would be the, um, uh, Ape Canyon incident. Could be. It was probably in that encyclopedia book, but I don't remember all the names of everybody. But, yeah, there was cabins that were attacked, and they, they, uh, heard footsteps on the roof. And Yeah, that always interests me. And then, you know, they beat on the, the thing, but they figured the cabin was sturdy enough, so they just stayed in, and and then in the morning, they carefully went out and looked on the roof and then took off, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just make sure he's not out there anymore. Yeah. So. What do you think about that, the fact that a lot of these people hear, like, Bigfoot running on their roof? I don't know if, you know, cabins usually aren't too well, these are just houses these are houses uh, though yeah I, like those I people that have habitations where they live in the woods their houses back up to the woods and stuff they all yeah. not not all but a lot you of them think you know they're gonna like to climb you know if they're any kind of primate at all they're gonna climb and be up where they can see but think about this the amount of weight that is yeah. If these things are 10 feet, you know, 8 to 10 feet tall, and they got to weigh... That's why you can hear them. 500 to 1,000 pounds just mm -hmm. to be safe there? I mean, that's that's a big guy walking around up on your roof. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I suppose if you have a team of roofers, you got like maybe 1,000 pounds of roofer up there working on it, but, I mean, they're not all standing in the same spot. Yeah. I don't know. That just that unless they're like younger ones or something, you know, cuz a lot of people think that the yep. the Bigfoot that you see on the road. Here's another theory is 
a lot of the people say that the Bigfoots that you see on the road are the younger ones mm-hmm. and the stupid ones, you know. Um, yep. And not not saying that they're stupid, but the the younger, less experienced, you know, the adolescents of the yep. the species, and that's why you're seeing them is because they haven't learned better. Mm-hmm. But that also leads to people saying that all the ones you see aren't the big ones. Yeah. That there could be ten to twelve foot specimens out there that no one sees or very few people see. I think yeah, I was telling you about that. Serious. I think I was telling you about that uh, one encounter that was uh, um, on Sasquatch Chronicles, and the guy is up in a tree stand, twenty feet in the air, and the Bigfoot reaches up and just like grabs the the heel of his shoe, mm-hmm. you know, and just walks away, you know, just to let you know I'm here and stuff. But I mean, twenty feet in the air. Granted, these guys' arms are probably if if the the Bigfoot's eight feet tall. And his arm is supposed to hang below his knee. We'll give him, like, four or five foot arms, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's still only, you know, 12, 13 feet, 14. So how big was that, the Bigfoot, to reach that tree stand? Mm -hmm. Even 10 foot with 10 foot arms. His foot was 20 foot in the air, or was his head 20 foot in the air? Well, the base of the stand, I think, was, so. Okay. I don't know. I you know I, it was a story yeah. on a thing, but wasn't there. Didn't talk to him personally, but yeah. But still, twenty feet in the air. You're looking at least even eighteen feet. You know, if the base of the stand was or the top of the stand was twenty, say, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would think it was, yeah, something like that. But still, that's that's a big creature. Mm-hmm. To be able to reach up that high. But, well, look at how long the like orangutan's arms are. That's you know. Oh yeah. He's got a pretty wide wingspan. So. So you're um pretty much like the researcher of the group right now. I mean, as far as like the book reading. And uh, ever since we we started this whole thing, you you've kind of gained a lot of interest there. Not gained a lot of in- um, info in this stuff. Uh, so what what all have you read so far? (laughs) 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 A bunch of Chad Lewis's books, a bunch of Linda Godfrey's books, at least five of those. Um, The Red Fern, the Encyclopedia. Um, Trying to think, what was the other guy? A lot of podcasts. Um, Uh, I've read uh, Native American stuff. I've read uh, folklore. I've read uh, books on fairies and um, uh, astrology and just, I don't know. I mean, I've always been into astrology, so I've read a lot oh, of yeah. books on that, but way back when. So you're, um, pretty, you're pretty well versed on all the, the kind of fields and stuff. Yeah, a lot of uh, Native Americans. Did I say that? Native, Native Americans, Americans, yep. Um, pretty I, much whenever I, I on bears, you know, just yeah. black bears and stuff like that too. I didn't get any books because, you know, everything closed. <laughs> 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 so, you know, that was my next trip, but, uh-huh. you know. Well, not even that, but like, I mean, where I work, I can sit and listen to podcasts all day or books on tape or something. 
But when I come across something that, uh, I mean, I work 11 to 12 hours a day and I don't have time to, to sit down and read an actual book. So whenever I come across something that, oh, this is important, you know, um, this book sounds really good. I'll either buy it and give it to you to read or tell yeah. you to go read it. <laughs> Yeah, you got all the books now. I don't know who they were, you know. Yeah, I can't think of who the other guy is that I just bought. His books. I sh I really should know this. Um. Well, you gave me the one on effigy mounds too. Yep. Yeah, I still haven't read that one. Um. Oh man, this is really bad because if. I've also read all the fantasy things like mm -hmm. you know Lord of the Rings and and. Uh, Fable Haven. Uh, Harry Potter stuff and yeah mm -hmm. and all the Fable Haven and then I um, uh, Dragon um, what are those Aragon Eldest, yeah Aragon yep. Eldest and Zafira or whatever her name was Zafira mm -hmm. you know all those just to I mean but that wasn't when I was researching stuff that was just cause it's pretty it. interesting I mean like the oh, authors really of those books that. actually looked into a lot of the um, I mean, they, they took liberties and stuff with it, but they they read into the lore, and a lot of that stuff is, I don't want to say factual, but flows along with the actual legends and lores mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, well, they had to do research in order to write the book, so they can make up their own, you know, they can take liberties when they mm -hmm. write, but call it fiction, but they still have to start somewhere. I want to talk about... Uh, um, the whole Fablehaven theory. So, Fablehaven is a, uh, like, young adult book series, and it is, uh, two kids that go to visit their grandparents on this wildlife preserve, or just basically their house. They didn't know it at the time, but, mm -hmm. um, they go to this wildlife preserve, and it turns out to be a preserve for mythical creatures and demons and dragons and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And according to these books, these uh, wildlife sanctuaries are all across the world. There's uh, dragon sanctuaries, and then there's um, just mythical creature sanctuaries. Basically, it's a, like a safe zone for these entities to live without having to interact with the outside world. Or in some cases, some things like the demons and the dragons have been sent to live there so that they don't disturb the outside world. But, um, there's some theory and thought that there's areas around the world in real life that actually are very similar to these wildlife sanctuaries, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about the origin of the National Park Service. So after, God, I'm going to get that wrong. After one of the wars, I don't remember which one, um, probably the First World War, um, what happened was all these soldiers came back to the U.S. and now that the war was over, they didn't have a job. So, um, I believe it's Theodore Roosevelt, or who was the president before him? Truman? I don't know. 
established the, oh, hmm, I really should look this up, but the, uh, Roosevelt had encounters, or you yeah. love encounters, yeah. But that's, that's not what I'm getting at. Oh. Um, there are protective preserves where there is believed to be... Wilson. Um, Woodrow Wilson established um, okay. the... This isn't helping. Um, established the National Park Service. I'm going to kind of look in here quick and see so I don't misquote this. Well, like I said, there is, there is preserves set up. I want to say in Japan or I don't know. I within that encyclopedia again, um, that are specifically protected because there's believed to be Bigfoot or Yetis or whatever in there, and they just don't want people going and bothering them. You know, I mean, among other animals, but, yes. uh, you know, they just... There just is not allowed a, to go in that area. There's also one up in Canada, I believe. Okay, I can't I can't find the name of that, but um there was a group of people that uh I think it's Truman when he started the uh National Park Service and I it's not on here. This is on um History Channel's website, but um they they took all these um ex-military that when they came back they needed jobs and they put them to work in basically the forestry so they'd go out and they'd build these national parks all over the U.S. And the biggest, like, uh, endorser for this was Roosevelt. And like you said, Roosevelt, in his book, wrote about um, one of his companions having an encounter with what he believes to be a Bigfoot. Yep. So there is a theory that these national parks are specifically placed by Roosevelt and, you know, the the United States of America to protect the natural habitats of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't figure out the rest of that, but yeah. Um, but I've heard that a couple different times in places that, you know, and, and, and like the, the woods that we go into down there, you have Bigfoot, you have fairies, you have all kinds of stuff in there that... Mm-hmm. And that's um, a wildlife, what is it, a wildlife, uh, not a park, it's a... Um, Nature trail? Or no, there's a different name for it. Not a refuge, but, you know, it's a it's a state wildlife area, too. You know, so this area has been set aside by the, the parks department, whatever. So, yeah. you know, and you got Kettle Moraine, the two units of that are both set aside. So is it a coincidence that they were set aside because there was Bigfoot there? Or is there Bigfoot there because they were set aside? You, you don't know. But, mm-hmm. but it just seems like, you know, a lot of interesting connections between that stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. But, um, yeah. all right. Well, I think that's about enough for this week's episode. 
Okay. You know? When we... What? <laughs> well, do you have anything else to add? I'm sorry. No. I'm, no. I'm good. You're good. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, stay safe. Don't go out if you don't have to, I guess. So don't die in a week. Yep. <laughs> um, now if people quit coming to my house, you know. <laughs> Well, at least I was taking stuff from your house. I wasn't bringing it there this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody listening, I hope you guys have a nice, safe week. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Cryptids, Anomalies, and the Paranormal Society. If you guys have any ideas for things that you'd like us to talk about or look into and discuss, feel free to leave a comment below or uh, send us an email at... Uh, wisconsincaps at gmail.com or you can visit our website at wisconsincaps if you've had an encounter with a paranormal entity UFO, Bigfoot Dogman, anything weird Mothman uh, you can share your encounter with us we'd love to hear it and look into it or uh, if you've had any problems at your home residence or anything that you you know like some help with or need information on we're always here for that, too. And again, uh, our website, WisconsinCaps, C-A-P-S, dot com. And our Gmail account uh, email is WisconsinCaps at gmail.com. So until next week, I'm Barnaby. I'm Ma. And thanks for listening. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page.